Hi, welcome to James Miller Lifeology, where you learn to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. My name is James Miller. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a composer. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Let's get started. I wanted to take just a quick moment to thank you all who continually support and listen to James Miller Lifeology. I have been so blessed and honored by your continual support. I wanted to make sure that you don't miss out on anything exciting that's happening over here. So make sure you sign up for my free newsletter at jamesmillerlifeology.com. I have a great show for you today. I'm going to help you look for new opportunities each and every day. I'll also be speaking with financial advisor Gary Sirak, who shares his own story of new opportunities which shaped his life. For more information about Gary, please visit GarySirak.com. I have some exciting news. Did you know that I'm on the radio three times a week? You may hear me on the same station on Tuesdays at 1.30 p.m., Fridays at 9.30 a.m., and Saturdays at 12.30 p.m. You may also hear me anytime on iHeartRadio as well as on all the other major podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and many others. Simply search for the show name, James Miller Lifeology. Are you struggling today to find your purpose? Has mediocrity set in and you can't imagine doing the same thing for the rest of your life? Are your relationships struggling or you aren't sure how to make long lasting changes in your life? Then today, contact me, James Miller. I will help you recognize the areas in your life that are going really well. And then we'll look at the areas in which you are struggling. We will create actionable solutions to help you create long lasting changes in your life. You don't have to do this alone. Go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, work with James. Fill out the form and it will be sent directly to me. Don't let another day go by without finding your way. Your change can start today. Once again, go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, work with James. Fill out that form to get started today. New opportunities. Often we have many hopes and dreams that we plan for. And with each methodical step, we get closer and closer to having those dreams be fulfilled. But did you realize that there are so many other opportunities in life that you may not even be aware of? Do you remember the comic strip, Where's Waldo? It was essentially a game where you look at this picture with multiple things inside of it, and the goal was to find one little figure, and you would search and search until finally you found it. Or maybe you've seen those other games where you have two pictures side by side, and you have to figure out what the difference is. It's a really good analogy, because when you look for something, you find it. Often in life, we don't realize that there's so many opportunities in front of us because we're on autopilot. Because sometimes we're too focused on how we think our dreams should play out, as opposed to looking for additional opportunities. Sometimes we're so involved in our head that we don't see the beauty of life around us. Or other times we meet somebody that we don't realize could potentially be somebody who launches us into the next step of our life. The lesson today is simple. Look for opportunities. Enjoy the moments you have. You may be surprised the people with whom you meet today could be those individuals who launch you in a completely different direction. A simple word that someone may say may open up all these wondrous ideas in your mind. An interaction you may have with somebody else may cause you to have a powerful business idea. But the reality is if we're not open to meeting these people, if we're not open to engaging with people and even looking for these wonderful opportunities, we're not going to see them. One of the ways to really do this is just simply being aware of your surroundings. It's a simple technique, reminding yourself as you're going to the grocery store, I'm going to be open for wonderful opportunities. Going to a business meeting, I'm going to be open to really listening to what these people say. I'm going to be open to really looking for something that could potentially change my life. When you look for these wonderful opportunities, you'll find them. But unfortunately, we all get caught up in our own mind and aren't really aware of what's happening around us. So being proactive in every situation you're in allows you to find something amazing in your life. 
One little thing that I do, and this is just an example of a technique that I do for myself, is I look for a wonderful opportunity every day. I look for a blessing, if you will. I look for a gift that I didn't have before, meaning things that are out of the ordinary for me. It could be something great or something that would be considered small. I get a random email from one of you, my listeners, who really encourages me. I get the best parking spot I've ever had before, or sometimes I even get a check in the mail. And obviously those things are great. But my point is, is when you look for those things every day, you'll find them. There's going to be something in your life, which is a surprise for you. And the reality is you'll have those every single day when you look for them. So what I do is I actually have a running list on my phone and every day I review that list and every day I add something new to that list. So those times when I am struggling, those times when I am discouraged, I have a running list of all these amazing things like I said, big things and small things that can encourage me. And the more often you look for these wonderful new opportunities, the more you will find them. Let today be the day that you look for them because the more often you look for them, the more present they will be. Did you know I have a YouTube channel? That's actually how Lifeology started. I have well over 155 episodes that I've created specifically for you. I do know that many people struggle with listening to a full 30 minute show. So these episodes are about three minutes long. Each episode will give you a practical tool or technique that you can practice daily to help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. Simply go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com or go to YouTube and search for my name, James Miller Lifeology. Gary Sirak is a president of Sirak Financial Services, a family-owned business that was started in 1957. He is an author and a financial consultant who has helped thousands of people achieve financial security through his practical teachings, as well as the insight he gives from his acclaimed books. He is going to share his own inspirational story with us today. Welcome to my show, Gary. Oh, thanks, James. It's such a pleasure to have you on my show. You know, one of the things I really like about Lifeology itself is we look at the spirit, mind, body components and how to really enhance that and to really help people live a life that is fulfilled. So it's really great to have a financial advisor like yourself to come on here, kind of give us your own backstory with the struggles that you had and to tell us how you became the successful person you are today. Okay. We can do that. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad to hear that. So I would love to hear a little bit about you as growing up because I want my listeners to understand who you are and we'll talk about the specifics of what you do today. Did you always have an interest in finances as a boy? Uh, no, not really at all. Uh, I did have an interest in saving money, uh-huh. but really, you know, I'd throw nickels in a bank. So that was my idea of saving money. Ah, okay. So it was great in theory, but just the, perhaps the more well-rounded version of that hadn't yet been explored. <laughs> Correct. I, I, yeah, really didn't have much exposure to anything. Uh, I, I liked making money though as a kid. I did a lot of different things. I washed cars. I sold illegal fireworks, oh, which, goodness. by the way, almost got me arrested. And that's a whole other story. And you know, I just did a lot of things that Uh, earn some dollars. Uh, Yeah. And it was kind of fun. Um, And I would save my money. And for whatever reason, I have no idea why I did that. But that was built into the system, the wiring or something. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things I really love upon reflection in any of our lives. As we look at those maybe underdeveloped versions of ourselves, but how it's really the foundational piece for who we are today, why we do what we do, and just kind of how we interact with the world around us. So it's, it's great to hear another version of that from a young boy to the successful person you are today. Now, with financial, the CRAC Financial Services, that is a family-owned business from 1957. So is that, did you grow up in that business? Well, my father started in 57, and he really struggled. He uh, came back from World War II, worked for my grandfather, who owned a very successful uh, beer and wine distribution business out of Canton, Ohio, and mm-hmm. really had a very successful business, and then it wasn't. 
Mm. And so what happened is my father needed to find another job. And the only person who really offered him a job was this man and to sell life insurance. So that's what I kind of grew up with. And for the very, it seemed like a very long time, my dad struggled mightily to make a living. And then all of a sudden it kind of turned a corner. It's kind of like, you know, an overnight success that took seven years or eight years. Wow. That, that's absolutely amazing. And I think definitely back at the time, I mean, there's always a traveling salesman of some sort. So the traveling life, life insurance uh, salesperson as well. I mean, so I, that makes sense that back in that genre, back in that day, everybody, yeah. that's, that was made sense. I mean, that's what people did back then. And you made, you had to do what you had to do until once again, you turn that corner and then the success happens. Exactly. I mean, my dad worked two jobs, hated the second job. He sold shoes on the weekends to earn money to feed our family. And quite frankly, he hated that. Mm. Uh, he would come home and I swear he'd wash his hands 12 times. Oh, he, wow. Yeah, he just, touching people's feet oh, was goodness. not something he uh, enjoyed on any level. Uh, yeah, He loved quitting that job. That was probably the most <laughs> selfish I remember in a long time. <laughs> that's hysterical. I definitely can relate with your father. I mean, the whole thing with touching people's feet that you don't even know. Yeah, that, that could be a little overwhelming. But I can just maybe praise your father just for a second. He did what he had to do to make to provide for you guys. And so I think that just really bespeaks of his character that he did what he had to do, regardless of how much he didn't like it, to provide for you. So what, what a wonderful role model for you and for my listeners as well to hear that. When you got to do what you got to do to provide for your family, you do it. And that's exactly the case, James. He he really, truly hated it, but he knew that's how he was going to feed us and, and take care of us. And he didn't like it, but that was just the way it was. So he made enough money on that Saturday that he could basically take care of the week because he wasn't selling any insurance to anyone. And it was tight. It was a real struggle. Hmm. We, we certainly worked, uh, as I tell people, I learned a fine appreciation for hot dogs, macaroni and cheese, which <laughs> I still like both of those. And I'm good with that. And yeah. sandwich was like, wow, really? That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely can understand that. That's neat. Now, did when you went to university, did you go into university for finance? Oh, absolutely not. I was an English major. Uh, I went to Miami of Ohio uh, in Oxford, and I majored in English. Oh. I really had no interest in finance whatsoever. Took one economics course and really didn't even like that. And so I, uh, I really came out with a liberal arts degree and a very broad-based education. Wow, now that's totally different. Numbers versus <laughs> language, yeah, that's very different. <laughs> did, you, did you say you were in Miami? Yes. Oh Miami. my gosh, wow. Uh, Oxford. Yeah, oh, wow. Cool. Wow, that's so, that's so interesting. From Canton, Ohio to Miami, that, that's definitely a huge difference. <laughs> yeah. What brought you back to Ohio? Well, I, actually, Miami of Ohio is down in Oxford. It's outside of Cincinnati. And I ended up not the Miami, Florida. That's oh, the gotcha. Was, I was the other Miami. Gotcha. Okay. Although I did go to Miami for spring breaks, but we don't have time or shouldn't talk about that. <laughs> I know. I see here there's a side of you selling illegal fireworks. All of this, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to have a whole other interview with you on those stories. <laughs> oh, there's the other stories. Yeah, hitchhiking cross country. Yeah things that probably aren't the, the average uh, financial <laughs> services guy. We'll like that, James. Interesting. <laughs> That's funny. So now you were drawn back to your father's or to your family business, though. How did you get from uh, English major to finances? Well, kind of really by accident. What happened is when I got back home, I applied for a bunch of jobs. And I really didn't want to be in the family business. There were four members of the family in and a bunch of other people. And I really had no interest in that whatsoever. Mm -hmm. 
I went into a business selling waxes and polishes and started a, a branch for a man who owned a, an auto parts distributorship. So I went on the road for him and created something from nothing, which was pretty cool. Yeah. As I stack on it, he basically was paying me a hundred bucks a week. I'll never forget. I got my first paycheck and it was a hundred dollars minus a bunch of taxes and things I didn't understand. I only made $84 and I walked into his office. His name was Phil, very nice man. And I said, Phil, this isn't going to work. And he said, what? I said, I wanted to get paid a hundred dollars. He said, well, you paid a hundred. I said, no, I want a hundred on my check when I leave. <laughs> I said, I'm killing myself for you and I, and I need to make a hundred bucks. And he said, let me get this straight. You worked for me one week and you want to raise. And I said, yeah, that's about right. <laughs> and, and he said, I've never had anyone ask for a raise in my entire life. And the first week I said, well, there's a first time for everything. <laughs> anyway, he was, he gave me the extra 16 bucks because I was, so insistent, wow. turning it into a $350,000 business for him, which uh, is now today a multi-million dollar business. The guy that took it over is his son, who's phenomenal. And oh, that's great. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, that is. That's really neat. That's, that's really cool. Very thrifty, very, very, um, very outspoken, and you got what you wanted. I mean, that, I think that in itself is a wonderful lesson for all of us that what's the worst that happens? You ask for it, and they say no. All right, well, you didn't lose anything. Precisely, and and he was just amazed. He, I, he literally, I thought he was gonna. He was drinking a cup of coffee. I was gonna drop it. He was uh, <laughs> rather stunned by my approach. But, uh, so I did that for five years, and then I, ironically, I was on a golf course down in West Palm Beach, Florida, where my parents had a condo. That's where I live. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you live in West Palm? Yeah, I live here. Yeah, it's a small yeah. world. Yeah, <laughs> it is a small world. So a place that was called the Lands of the President, right off. Oh yeah, yeah. So we were there and playing golf, and the man who was sitting in the cart with me turned to me at one point and said, Gary, are you happy with your job? And I said, no, I'm really bored to death. Yeah. And he said, can I ask you a question? I said, sir, you were, you know, I wasn't going to stop him anyway. I said, absolutely. He said, why aren't you in your father's business? He's one of the best insurance people in the entire nation. He said, why are you not doing that? And I looked at Darwin, his name was, and I said, Darwin, I never really thought about it. He said, how could you not think about it? I said, I don't know, Darwin. It just didn't register in my brain. Mm. It wasn't something I really considered. And quite frankly, I hadn't. I just thought, yeah, there's enough people with my last name in the business. We don't need one more. But that nine holes, by the way, I never hit a good shot after that. <laughs> uh, that nine holes, we finished that round, and I had made up my mind. I spoke with my wife that night, and I said, okay, I'll tell my dad and mom at dinner. And we went out to dinner, and I'm trying to think of where we went. It was a good restaurant in West Palm. You have a lot of them, by the yeah, way. Yeah, we do. <laughs> but we're sitting there at dinner, and, and at one point I said, well, Dad, I, I something I need to tell you. He says, what's it? And I said, I think I'm going to enter the wreck. I'm going to enter the insurance business and come into the family. He dropped his glass of wine. Really? <laughs> he, was, he just was stunned. He, and he literally made a mess all over. He, he just, <laughs> he freaked out. But he said, you're kidding. And I said, no. He said, I can't believe this. He, he was like, just floored. And we hadn't even talked about it. I just had made up my mind. Linda said, yeah, go for it. You're not happy with what you're doing. And mm -hmm. I ended up in the business. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> and I'm glad he didn't say, no, Gary, you can't be. <laughs> that would have totally derailed you. <laughs> well, and with my back. Story. He could have said that. I mean, sure. I was a bit of a hellraiser. Uh, so he could have said, nah, I don't think. And in the meantime, I had long hair and a beard. And, you know, I was a, yeah, anyway. <laughs> um, but that's for the time. So. 
Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. That, that's really neat. That it, and, you know, I want to go back to it for a second because I always get excited about those serendipitous moments, those moments that change our life, you know, and we can always reflect that and say, that was a question that someone asked me. That was a time that somebody asked me something that really caused me to stop and think or really changed my life or revolutionized my life. So that's, that's great. You were down here, West Palm Beach of all places, and you were able to really make that decision for your life and you've never looked back. No, I really haven't. And, and, and the company is now 60 years old and we're third generation. Oh, that's neat. And it's really cool. In fact, we're going to have a party uh, this year celebrating that. Oh, neat. Very few financial institutions that are owned by private families are 60 years and, and counting. So pretty cool. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a really good point. You know, as you've made your transition and you're working in the finance world, tell me more about the types of individuals, the type of clients that you typically would see. Well, it's interesting. It, it's kind of evolved. What I really found is that I like entrepreneurs. I enjoy them, and I don't care if they have a lot of money or no money. I like their attitudes. I like their, their thought processes. I like what they're all about, and I'm attracted to those people to help them become successful. Mm-hmm. And if I can help them in some way, and then obviously when they become successful, I like working with them because they have more money. But I like all of it. I, I like all phases of that. And I've brainstormed with people about products, whether they should build this, whether they should open this company. I've helped people get financing from other people. I, I've just been involved with that and have found that to be a, a great spot for me in life. I, I still get charged by that. Oh, that's great. You know, just even hearing you say that, it sounds like you're institution, it's greater than just simply someone coming in and talking about money. It sounds like you really get involved in their life and their dreams and their hopes and their desires and you can help maybe navigate them or put them in a direction that's going to help them be the most successful they can be. And that's exactly the case, James. And, and how that evolved, you know, it's funny, I, I took sociology and psychology as minors at Miami and I, I actually find I use those a lot and I didn't really ever think I would ever use them. They were just kind of fun courses, which I yeah. happen to do well in. So I find that the psychology of working with people, the sociology, where they came from, their backgrounds, all of that fits, and I'm, it just appeals to me. And I think the difference between working with me and some other people, I'm just not about numbers. I mean, the numbers are numbers. That's great. As I tell people, I'm skinny, but I eat all my meals. You know, I don't have to do <laughs> living anymore. I do this because I find um, I find great joy and yeah. satisfaction. Action, purpose. One thing I want to read about, you know, in your bio, it talks about that your goal is simple. You want to inspire as many people as you can to explore the opportunities and possibilities of their lives and give them the tools to make the most of them. So I think, you know, as we're hearing that my listeners and myself are hearing that where, where you really thrive is to really help those people grow and succeed and reach their dreams. So I, we can definitely hear that in your voice as well. Now, as, as this advisor, what do you find that many, many maybe on, since you focus on entrepreneurs, what do you find that one of the biggest pitfalls is, or hurdles are that they find? as they start out in their journey? Well, two things. One, they never seem to have enough capital mm-hmm. and really understand how important that is and how critical that is to making it work. And, and that's a real problem. And that's something that you try and address with them and help them try and figure out where that's going to come from. And the second thing is they're not going to be successful overnight. It's a yeah. slow process. And so many of them just want it now because we're sort of an instant gratification world today. You know, you flip on your TV and it's instant. But before, you used to turn it on and you'd wait for the picture to come in. and you'd <laughs> yeah. You know, now you have 300 channels. They still can't find anything online. <laughs> That's very but true. But the point is, we're not the same society. So there's a lot of a lack of patience. And I think that's very troubling. And this takes patience. It takes hard work. It takes desire, purpose. 
but mostly it takes a lot of patience. Now, when you say, and I agree with you 100% there, you know, you, you look at generations before versus now, you know, people's expectations are much more, like you said, instantaneous. When you talk with these individuals, how do you help them gain that patience or to maybe have a, an awakening that it is not, for most people, not going to happen overnight? I measure, it's funny, there, there's a man named Dan Sullivan. He runs a program called The Strategic Coach out of Chicago, and he coaches entrepreneurs. I've been going to him for well over 12 years. And one of the things he introduced to me is something called the gap. He refers to it. And the gap is where people have tended to keep looking forward and measuring themselves off of something they haven't achieved, which, by the way, is very frustrating. Mm. I try and get them to measure where they came from. And I make them look back and say, where did you start? What did you know a year from now? Where were you two years ago? You know, what's happened that's transpired? How's this working? And once they go back and look where they came from, then they have a different view. And I think that's, I think it's a really good point. I, and I, and that's actually what I do in, in my own practice as well, is it is important to see how the growth, because if, if people aren't aware of that, it feels like they're never moving because we're with ourselves all the time. For example, if you see someone who's lost a lot of weight, you haven't seen them in a while, it's very evident to you. But the person who's losing that weight, they may not realize how much they've lost because they see themselves all the time. So it's great that you have that reflection for them to review from where they've come, all those changes. And that creates the excitement of, well, if I've come this far already, there's no reason for me to stop now. Or if, I came this, if I've gone this far with this amount of time, then we can use that to potentially postulate where I'm going to be in the same amount of time from now. Or we can maybe find momentum in that as we move forward in our life towards whatever our next goal is. Absolutely. I just had a client in this week, and one of them said, they, we started working together three years ago. When they got here, they were trying to figure out how to keep their business alive. And she was giving up tennis because she couldn't afford to pay the pro anymore. She was almost going to turn her car back in because she couldn't afford the payments. And I said, wait, let's, let's rethink this and let's get down to the basics and figure out what we can do so you don't have to give up your whole lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we, we kind of salvaged some things. And they were in the other day and they just crossed $1.7 million in sales. Which oh, my is, gosh. Which is phenomenal because yeah. they were around 500000 Wow. So, oh, my gosh. That's amazing. This thing has exploded and their life is really good. And one of the things they said to me, they said, you know, one of the things we're most proud of is how much we've grown. And we look back where we were when we were here three years ago and the things we talked about and where we are today. They said, we just, it just makes us smile. Wow. And we think about that a lot. And I said, so you're not thinking about, you know, getting to two million or two seven or, and they said, no, no, no. We said, we learned that's not what we need to do. We need <laughs> where we came from yeah. and make sure we have some cash in the bank. And I said, you got it. Yeah, that, that's great. You know, one of the other things I want to focus on as well is where they were, they, and I, of course, I don't know these people. I'm just a little bit of information you just told me just now. But I think it's a good example for all of us that if we feel like we just can't do this anymore, we're just really frustrated. If we can make some of those more extreme decisions, for example, they were going to give up their car, maybe change their lifestyle. Sometimes that that frustration or that the dissolution can become so pervasive and so powerful that all of a sudden we just don't go back and try again. So I think it's a really good point. And I'm so glad you're in their life to say, let's rethink this just because what we think there's only one option. There's, there are other options. So you were help. You were that guide that really helped them retweak everything to keep what they currently had instead of getting rid of things. Because once again, that can cause people not to even try again. So I think once again, it's, it's great that you do speak into these people's lives to really help them navigate their life in a different way and to help them be incredibly successful. 
and that's what makes it fun. I mean, it, and people ask me all the time, they say, why are you still working? And I said, because I really like what I do and I feel purpose and, and I can change people's lives. And I said, how do you walk away from that? I said, that's pretty cool. That's pretty neat that I have the ability to do that. Not everybody pays attention. Not everyone does what you want them to do. But there's enough of them that do that make me feel very uh, – I feel comfortable with where I am. I'm comfortable in my own skin and who I am and what I know. That's great. And you can definitely hear that in your voice. I mean, I think that's important when people aren't that way. And that's where I think they continue to look too far ahead in the future and they miss out on all the amazing things that are in their life today. Well, Gary, it's been such a pleasure having you on my show today. If my listeners would like to find out more information about you and all the amazing things you're doing, where would they find your information online? Uh, GaryStirak.com. Wonderful. Well, Gary, thank you once again for being on my show. I really appreciate your time. Oh, it's been a pleasure. You have a great day. And sometime we have to talk about West Palm Beach and good restaurants to eat in. (laughs) We will definitely do that. Thanks again. Thank you. I also want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever port you joined with us today, or please go to my website where you may sign up for my free newsletter, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, or you may enroll in the Lifeology Academy where you can take self-directed courses which will help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. If you'd like to personally work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, simply visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support and I'll talk to you soon.